The Start On On Demand. A pair of airline passengers from the United Kingdom whose unruly behavior forced their plane to land in Winnipeg last week will both spend time in jail and each pay tens of thousands in restitution after pleading guilty yesterday to charges stemming from their drunken antics. As we hear from Global's Brittany Greenside and Joe Scarpelli, the cascading ramifications of their actions might not be immediately obvious. A shocking sentence in a Winnipeg courtroom too. Drunk and disruptive British citizens have been handed hefty fines and jail time after forcing a London to Mexico flight to divert to Winnipeg last Thursday. Global's Joe Scarpelli was in court for the sentencing and joins us live. Joe? Ben Ienton and Natalie Walker entered the courtroom in a very different manner compared to the way they acted on board the flight from London to Los Cabos last week. Both sat together, separated by a sheriff, answering yes and yes sir respectively when asked if they were guilty of the charges against them. Passengers cheered as Ienton was let off the plane in restraints by RCMP officers last Thursday. It was diverted to Winnipeg after he had too much to drink. Court heard when the flight attendants cut him off, he, quote, lost it. He began swearing, throwing food, and claimed to have a bomb. Once the airplane landed in Winnipeg, court heard he started challenging RCMP officers to fight. And at the other end of the TUI Airways Flight 32, Walker was causing a disturbance of her own. Court heard she was drinking her own duty-free gin when she became rowdy. At one point, she raised her legs and began screaming while pretending to give birth, according to a statement from a witness. She was given a warning before being escorted off the plane as well. Here's what their lawyer had to say after court was adjourned. They're both devastated. Uh, I can tell you that uh, their uh, demeanor reflects uh, shame and embarrassment. Uh, Mind you, frustration and the fact that they're here stuck with us in this minus, you know, I don't know the weather, but it's very cold when they're supposed to be in Mexico, you know what I'm saying? So uh, they're also tremendously remorseful for, for what happened. Ienton has been sentenced to another 30 days in custody. Walker will serve another 23 days. Both owe $100,000 in restitution each and have a 30-day probation, but their lawyer says they'll likely be deported immediately after their sentence. Now, Joe, we know this had to have impacted many other passengers as well. Nearly 1,000, Brittany. The passengers were forced to spend the night in Winnipeg. That delayed a return flight from Los Cabos to London. So all those passengers had to spend an extra day, and it had a real snowball effect, disrupting the travel plans for 910 people. TUI Airways estimates the losses to be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, and the airline can still seek restitution from the two. That's a ton of cash. Yeah. Trading the beaches of Cabo San Lucas for a jail cell in Winnipeg. Not a great trade. (laughs) No draft choices involved. No frontline players involved, to use a hockey analogy. You you made a really bad decision. One of our listeners saying a couple of things. Uh, One listener saying uh, the whole idea that the airline should be taking some responsibility here for as much trouble as it caused... They did serve this guy a lot of wine by all accounts. Yep. And, you know, serving it safe is something that people in the hospitality industry have to do. They're accountable for the actions on that front. I think that's a really good point. And another one of our listeners asking the question about why it takes so long for Canadians to get a bail hearing. And these uh, Brits are, you know, have made their way all the way through the system already. I would suspect part of it is that they've, They've admitted to what they did. They pled, pled, pleaded, pleaded, <laughs> pleaded, yeah. pleaded. Yeah. guilty to these charges probably helped speed up the process. Uh, but I think it's a really good point in terms of the comparisons to what other folks uh, can face within the legal system in Canada. Yeah. And is there any truth to if you drink way up there? Uh, apparently. That it, that it hits you a little bit harder? Because I don't, well, I, I've made no attempt to hide the fact that I enjoy the odd beverage. I don't do it that often when I travel, not because I'm, I want to avoid 
being unruly, but mostly because I don't want to have to get up and go to the washroom frequently because once the seal is broken, as they say, I find myself needing to visit the uh, little boy's room on more than one occasion. So I just don't bother. I might have one, but I've never, so I've never really noticed it affect me like that. But I've had a buddy of mine, he had, I think, three drinks when we flew to Edmonton. And when he got off the plane, he was feeling no pain. I was actually reading an article that KLM put out with regard to it's a warning to passengers, a heads up, if you will, about the effects of alcohol on your body when you're traveling and when you're at altitude and in the pressurized cabin of an aircraft. All those things work against you to heighten your response to the alcohol. In fact, uh, here's a question and answer from KLM real quick here. What happens when you drink alcohol on board a plane? Well, during a flight, the barometric pressure in the cabin of a plane is lower than it is in most places on Earth. You can compare it with an altitude in the mountains of between 1,800 and 2,200 meters. This decreased, pardon me, pressure environment diminishes the body's ability to absorb oxygen, and it can produce lightheadedness. We call this hypoxia. Generally speaking, this is not an issue, but the feeling could be similar to the experience you have after drinking alcohol. That's without drinking any alcohol. You might feel some lightheaded effects. Then you throw the alcohol into it, and it uh, the effects of the booze is magnified. So maybe there is there is more to the responsibility on the airline, but still obviously not looking to shift all of the blame from these passengers to the airline. But I think the staff of the airlines need to be aware how much they're serving to people when they're traveling at that height. Mackling and McGarry McNabb back next week. So we want to continue the chat about these unruly UK passengers who have got some jail time and they're going to have to pay $100,000 for their behavior on this flight, which was diverted to Winnipeg. And that got us thinking about unruly behavior. Have you ever seen it? Are you ever guilty of it? I know I'm guilty of it. <laughs> like I fell on the sword. Real on an quick. airplane? Not on an airplane. Just in gen- like at the bar. I'll just tell the story. Uh, Euphoria, Windsor Park Inn, circa somewhere around 1999. I remember there were a few instances, but there was one in particular where this was back when you could still buy cigarettes in the bar when they had those big v- cigarette vending machines. Oh, my word. Yes, of course. And so, like the, the one where you pulled the handle yeah. or more a digital version of it? I think it, I, I don't, I never bought them from the vending machines in the bar, but I think it was the one with the, the big handles. <laughs> those, and, those are so primitive, man. And, uh, so it was right by the men's bathroom, so drinks would go on top of there. Like when you went into the washroom, yeah. that's where you would leave your drink, yeah. come back and collect it on the way out. I, I, I'm picking up what you're throwing down. Well, that's a perfect term because I threw all of the drinks down. I decide, I don't know what I was thinking. I had had a lot, but I decided to just wipe the table and down went 30 drinks, and the manager came over. I was a regular there, so the, the manager knew that I was not in my right mind, but he had to calm me down, and I he didn't make me pay for them. But uh, he just said, I don't know what's going on with you lately, but get it together. So, yeah. Bar manager slash personal counselor, it yeah. sounds like. Yeah, so thanks. Some good advice. Did you get it together after that? Uh Eventually. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my example. Wow. I wasn't expecting that story this morning, Cam. Oh, God. Can Um, you talk, (laughs) Brett? No, I I, I can't. well, it's like, I don't think any of these stories are not going to involve alcohol. Like there was one time uh, I was at a bar with a buddy. Of course, I'm not going to name him, but uh, we we were at a we were at a bar, and he he didn't uh, enjoy the the, the service uh, as as it, the service wasn't as quickly as as quick as he wanted it to be, mm. and uh, so um, he he had drank a lot, and, and he had eventually got cut off, and so the bartender gives him the glass of water, which sometimes uh, it's a be, hint. Yeah, it's a hint, and a lot of people honestly take it the wrong way. I'm sure if you've ever been a bartender or anything like that. And so what he did was he took his glass, emptied it into the tip jar, the oh, water, filled no. it all the way up to the oh, no. top, and he goes, you're going to give me a beer right now. Uh, they, they 
didn't throw him out. Actually, the the bartender actually took him aside uh, and, and uh, you know kind of grabbed him by the shoulders and had a a, 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 a curt conversation with him, uh, but didn't end up throwing him out. And we we had to take him home a little while after that. But not a good move. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I still I, I, I still talk to it about it all the time. I yeah. Up. Oh, it's, it's Is funny. He remorseful now. Oh well, it's it's the point where now it's it's funny. Oh, because you know it's I mean? legend. Enough times, yes, exactly. Enough times gone by. It's a funny yeah. story. Okay. No, I got nothing like that either. I, I, back in the day when we used to do that sort of thing, it was just relax and have some fun and tell some jokes, and everyone goes. You must happy. have witnessed some severely unruly behavior yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in your time in oh, the sure. nightclubs and bars around Manitoba. Yeah, we, I, there was I, one small bar that the, a, a giant brawl broke out, and we were like, me and my friends were way in the back in the corner. We could see it at the far other end, and it started it just like a wave that came across. And, like, the wave was tables and chairs going flying into the air and bodies. And we all grabbed our drinks off of our table just in time before our table went flying across and hit the wall and stuff. And just like uh, the movies. Uh, and then, they, and then you just sit back and you move your table and the fight continues and yeah. you enjoy oh, your beverage. We grabbed our drinks and went outside and, like, they're, gonna look, they're closing this place down in about five <laughs> minutes, so we might as well just go home. For me, it's uh, when I was working at a pizza place, and uh, I was like 16, 17, we had this one couple come in, and the guy was screaming at the woman, just screaming like he was intoxicated, screaming at the woman. Like, I go up, and I was like, what the heck's going on here? And he turns (laughs) on me, and he's swearing at me, you know, shut your mouth, you blah, 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 blah. And uh, him him and the woman walk outside, and I phone 911. I thought he was going to... I don't know. I thought he was going to beat this woman. And even the 911 operator was like, oh, my God, I can hear him in the background. And then, like, 20 minutes later, like, they calmed down, came back in. My buddy who was working working with me at the time sells my pizza. And off they went. <laughs> and off they went. There they go. Well, pizza make you feel better, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Supposed to. Not, not necessarily. The cops never showed after. up? The cops, well, the cops showed up. It was, like, two hours later. Like, yeah. they were long gone by then. Yeah, that's too bad. Have a cancellation to pass along for you, by the way. The Calvin Christian Country Bus has been canceled for today, but the shuttle is running. So again, Calvin Christian Country Bus canceled for today, but the shuttle is running. I once got kicked out of a bar because of someone else's unruly behavior. I was at the Oak, as we called it, Bullwinkles, Canadians, Transcona, This when I was like 19, maybe even 18, and I was walking towards the main bar, and I look over to my left to the pool tables, and there's this guy who's being restrained. He looked like a rabid dog. He's like, that's the guy! That's the guy! I'm going to kill him! And I'm looking around like there was no one else around. So he's pointing at me, and I just thought, I don't I don't know what's going on over there, so I'm just going to carry on. Five minutes later, the bouncer comes over to me and says, yeah, you got to get out of here. And I said, for that? I don't, I don't even know him. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Get out. <laughs> so they kicked me out because this other guy was a drunken fool. Wow. Case of a, mistaken identity. I guess so. <laughs> I do have a doppelganger. She's do you? Yeah, there's a there's a one of those like Winnipeg Gold commercials. I can't remember which outlet it is, but it came out about three four years ago, and someone oh, sent it to me, and okay. they said they said I didn't know you did a TV commercial. Interesting. And I said I didn't do a TV commercial, but uh, the some of the mannerisms and facial expressions on that guy make me wonder if I have like a long lost. Like half brother or cousin or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad nobody's asking me to tell my story. We're running out of time here. Text message. The only time I've been drunk in my life, I was at home with my parents and I laughed at my cat's legs. That's what I get for mixing my own drinks. I'm 20, by the way. I wasn't <laughs> it's alive. A good story. For Brett's story. <laughs> <laughs> On the subject of diets, Greg, as we continue our global news series on Canadian health and wellness, have you ever tried uh, a specific diet you know, rather than just being like, I'm going to cut chips out of my diet? Like, have you ever tried to, I don't know, I'm trying to, uh, is it Atkins? Is that? Atkins is one, yes. I've not done Atkins. Is it Rob Lowe that does the commercials for Atkins? I believe it is. And man, what a better spokesperson you could find not than Rob Lowe. I mean, the guy is, looks terrific. I don't know how old he is. He's older than I am. He just, he looks fantastic. Mm. And I think they did a commercial during the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. And when Rob Lowe is sitting there looking the way he does, and he starts talking about Atkins and how he uses it, I'm thinking, 
I might want to do that too. <laughs> but I have tried, is it the 16 or the 14 or 15 day diet? Mm-hmm. Tried it for three days. I was absolutely miserable. <laughs> I had, did go sort of tiptoes in the water uh, with the keto thing a few weeks ago. Uh, I think I could, I think I could do it. I just ha- would have to be very uh, structured and figure out what I'm supposed to eat when because I don't plan my meals. I think that's part of the reasons why I struggle the way I do lately uh, with putting on extra weight. I don't plan my exercise enough and I don't plan my meals enough. Mm. And so on a day like today, by 1030, I'm going to be starving as opposed to bringing something to nibble on through the day, which I do. Sometimes I'll bring steak and peppers or something. Last night didn't make anything. So now I'm going to pay for it if I'm not careful at lunchtime today. So I've tried variations, but never all in. Well, you mentioned keto and that's the topic today in the series Canadian Health and Wellness. And in the last several years, the ketogenic diet has gained popularity as a mainstream weight loss program. While there's anecdotal evidence that shows that it works. Questions remain about its long-term use. CHML Hamilton's Shona Thompson investigates. According to the most recent study from the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development, an additional 1.7 million Canadians will be obese by the year 2023. That report was written in 2017. We're now just three years away from that milestone. As people attempt to fight the battle of the waistline bulge, many are taking a look at the ketogenic diet as being a viable option in getting the number on the scale to head down. Tammy Crowley of Welland, Ontario is one of them. She's been following the ketogenic program for two years, has lost 35 pounds and kept it off. She says over the years, she's tried everything from diet programs to more drastic measures. Starving yourself, um, just every every program. I don't want to specifically say anyone because I, you know, it's, everyone's different and whatever works for you is great. I just found something that finally worked for me. I've actually, through the years, I've had um, gastric bypass for losing weight. And yes, that was great at the beginning, but you put it back on. It's not an easy fix. Unless you learn properly what is good for you, then that's the best way to go. You know, so I'm not running any of the other programs down. It's just, this is works for me. I've never felt better. Almost going to be 60 soon? Yes. um, I have more energy than I had when I was in my 20s. Using the keto diet as part of a long-term lifestyle is still an unknown, but there are medical uses for the regimen. One is treating children with epilepsy. Jennifer Fabay, registered nutritionist with the Division of Pediatric Neurology at McMaster's Children's Hospital, says the therapeutic ketogenic diet has been used as a treatment for epilepsy for nearly a century. However, she stresses it is customized for each patient and only used when people meet certain medical criteria and are monitored regularly. Dr. Andrew Mente, an epidemiologist with the Population Health Research Institute at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario, says the keto diet is interesting and has benefits for those with diabetes. An interesting diet, conceptually, it is a diet that is high in fat, adequate in protein, and very low in carbohydrates. And conceptually, this diet would make sense for people with carbohydrate intolerance, i.e. people with uh, type 2 diabetes, in controlling their glucose levels and possibly even reversing their their diabetes. In people from general populations, generally healthy populations without diabetes, the evidence is less clear. So what we would need going forward is more studies to investigate both the effectiveness and the safety of a ketogenic diet in general populations. Mente says the ketogenic diet is one approach for diabetes, but it's not the diet for people with diabetes. He adds it's too soon to say what the long-term impacts may be on both those with type 2 diabetes and for the general population as a lifestyle eating program. The doctor says the best idea for those without medical issues requiring a keto diet is a balanced approach. A nuanced approach uh, is uh, seldomly uh, promoted. Everybody seems to take an extreme position on uh, a variety of matters, and, and diet is no different. But uh, certainly for general populations, I would say a nuanced approach is more appropriate going forward until we get the evidence, because we want to make recommendations that are evidence-based for general populations. But what about using the keto diet as a lifestyle for weight loss? Dan Tisi is a registered dietitian at St. Joseph's Healthcare in Hamilton. He says there are pros and cons to it. However, 
for just weight loss? He views it as another tool in the toolbox. With ketogenics having an emphasis on certain fats and proteins, TC says people need to be aware of the nutrition that may be missing from their diet. A lot of people will uh, have to do supplementation of some kind um, with higher quality supplements because there does tend to be a B vitamin deficiency. Uh, electrolytes are the most common thing that's missing usually. Uh, they're also responsible for things like the keto flu that people experience in the beginning, especially the electrolyte part, and magnesium would be added to that as well. Although. That's a tough one to say because most North Americans are deficient in magnesium. TC says it's best if you're going ahead with a keto diet to do it with the assistance of someone that can really assess your situation and help you determine if this is the tool you should be reaching for. For someone like Tammy Crowley, who struggled with weight issues for most of her life, she's not willing to easily let go of something that's worked. Crowley is aware that some cardiologists have concerns about keto with the emphasis on full fat and high protein, and so does she. Her father died at the age of 51 from a heart attack, and she says that does play on her mind. She says she did a lot of research before starting keto, and Crowley is willing to shoulder that risk. I'd rather feel as good as I feel right now and only live, let's say, the next five years than live the next 10 and feel like crap. (laughs) For Global News Radio, I'm Shona Thompson. And if you want to read more from Shona Thompson, go to 680CJOB's Instagram story. We have linked her web story to there. Right now, we want to talk about something exciting that's happening in the Winnipeg School Division, Greg. Yeah, I think we can all look back over the years and remember a time when school enrollment was declining and the future of certain schools was in question because there simply weren't enough students, in particular in the St. James School Division once upon a time. They were closing schools every year, it seemed. Well, Winnipeg's population is now on the increase, and it means we need more schools. Manuel Silva joins us now. He is with Winnipeg School Division number one with joining us with, I think, uh, an exciting announcement this morning. Good morning, Principal Silva. Good morning. How are you? Doing very well. So as opposed to us saying what's going on and telling Uh our listeners uh, what's happening, why don't you tell us? Well, we're very excited. Uh, We've been working uh, very hard since I was appointed in June. So in September, we started the process uh, in terms of naming our brand new school that uh, Winnipeg School Division is building. And uh, after following a process that uh, the division has in place and uh, the guidelines and meeting with community, we finally came up with a name that was approved by the Board of Trustees uh, this Monday at their meeting. So our new school name is a called Waterford Springs School. So I'm very happy to announce that officially. Where is the school going to be or where is it? Located. The, the school is located in the Waterford Green community area, so it'll service both Waterford Green and Castleberry Meadows areas. So it's uh, at the corner of Jefferson Avenue and King Edward. Wow. <laughs> that used to be an open field just a decade ago. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> this is just incredible. So tell us about the significance of the name. Well, the name, uh, the, the community was uh, went through many different names and many different uh, ideas. Uh, it was very strongly supported by the community that the name should reflect geographically where it's located uh, so that when you hear Waterford, you can recognize that it's in the Waterford area where Waterford Green and Casperry Meadows are. So the idea was to keep that part somewhere in there. And then the springs actually came from the Castleberry area because there's a new development an extension in the Castleberry Meadows area that is called Castleberry Springs. So the community really liked the idea of combining the two. Plus, we also had input from our students, and the children really loved the idea of the whole Waterford Springs. They just felt like it, the name felt like things were growing, and it was a great learning environment and very earthy. So uh, it really became a hit with the, with, uh, the group that was involved in uh, putting forth the name. So it's going to be a nursery to grade eight dual track school. And on, in this news release, the, it also says the committee felt it represents growth and a connection to nature and the indigenous aspects being incorporated Correct. into the school. What is the connection between the name and these indigenous aspects? Well, the uh, the indigenous perspectives and aspects that are being put into the school are very much connected to Mother Earth and um, to the seven teachings. And so when we were looking at the names, and, and again, this really came from the children, uh, they felt that this name really connected to Earth. It's got water. It's got uh, that whole 
connection to nature, and that's really what they felt would highlight the indigenous components being built into the school. So it's a little bit of a different take on uh, the Templeton School, which we were talking about with Seven Oaks School Division. They had that whole conversation uh, about perhaps uh, having a name that was a little bit more descriptive versus a geographical marker. Do you feel you've met in the middle on this one, uh, Principal Silva? Well, I'm not sure what their process was, uh, but in terms of um, our piece, we felt that we really wanted something that would still connect to the Indigenous components of the school, but would really reflect still the community and that the community could easily recognize and be aware of. Our guest is Manuel Silva. He is principal of Ecole Waterford Springs School. Just announced this morning the name of the school that is being built at the southeast corner of Jefferson and King Edward. Also in this school will be Bumper Crop Early Learning Center, who has been chosen to operate a child care center in the new school. Yes, it's very exciting. And so with that, uh, 6,500 square feet for this uh, child care facility, how, is, how important is it to this particular community, this neighborhood, to have this new daycare? Well, it is super important because it's a community with uh, many young children. Uh, there is a huge need in this area. Even more than just one daycare would be needed to meet all the needs uh, in this air- growing area. And uh, many families have already reached out to me requiring daycare. So this is going to be a huge support for the families uh, with young children to be able to provide them that uh, daycare service throughout the daytime. And also with our nursery kindergarten program, that'll help a lot in terms of the families who will have the children half time in school and half time uh, being cared for. Where are the students that are going to fill the school uh, going to classes now? Well, right now they're spread out throughout the division and beyond. Uh, we, the majority, though, are housed in five neighboring schools that surround the community area here, uh, two French immersion schools and three uh, English program schools. So this is going to help not only the students that are going to this new school, Ecole Waterford Springs, but the students who will remain at these other five schools uh, in the area. There's a, a lot of benefits uh, to investments like this. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And is this this going to be a full French immersion school with the name Ecole Waterford Springs? It is a dual track, so it'll have both programs offered. Um, But it will be a school where uh, language is very important to community. Uh, Many of the children already come speaking many other languages. Uh, So the community has really identified their wish that the children learn as many languages as possible and really be uh, open to other cultures. Uh, Just paint a picture before we let you go, uh, how much that corner of our city has changed in the last decade. I I kind of glossed over it and, and we chuckled about it, but it is overwhelming to see the changes. Absolutely. It used to be just farmer's fields and empty fields, and uh, now it's got thriving communities that uh, and continue to grow. Uh, there's plans for even more communities coming up. Uh, so it's growing very fast in this area of the city, uh, all along the north area of the city. All right, Manuel Silva, principal of the newly named Ecole Waterford Springs School. When is this school uh, going to be finished? Well, we're targeting September, so we're going to all keep our fingers crossed. All right, Manuel. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate the time very much. Thank you so much. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb back next week. Greg, when you think diet, do you think fried chicken? Not typically, no. But you have me thinking in a different vein this morning. I, I, I feel like a listener waiting for the tease and the question that you've asked and the all these propositions that you put out in the vapor and the airwaves. I want to know what's going on here. I want to know if I can uh, maybe go to this place for lunch today. Well, it turns out when it comes to the keto diet, there is a fried chicken place in town that has some keto-friendly options. And we bring this up because the keto diet is the topic of discussion today in the Global News series, Canadian Health and Wellness. And I was driving by the chicken chef on Nairn recently, and I saw that they had a sign that they've got a keto menu. So I reached out to them, 
Karen Pierce is the co-owner of the Nairn Avenue Chicken Chef and joins us now live on 680 CJOB. Karen, good morning to you. Good morning to you. So what kind of keto-friendly offerings do you have? Uh, Oh, we've got loads. We do breakfast, so there's things like omelets and skillets and blueberry pancakes and things like that. Um, um, Everybody seems to be looking to replace some of their favorite foods, so we've done things like enchiladas, lasagnas, burgers with buns, because buns are a big... uh, a big thing, biscuits. I thought I thought buns were. I thought you can't have bread on the keto diet. You can't have uh, grains, so you're not doing the typical breads that are made out of wheat flour. There's no gluten, so. Uh, but you can use alternative flours, nut flours, coconut, almonds, things like that, and you can. Um, you can make a decent uh, loaf of bread and a bun and biscuits and things like that using alternatives. This is sounds like a huge commitment on your part. Uh, this has been a labor of love, trying to uh, accommodate uh, a growing faction of the population who are interested in in alternative eating styles that are um, having great health impacts. Well, what prompted you to introduce this menu? Did this come from customers? Um, this came from me watching a movie on Netflix called The Magic Pill that actually endorses the keto way of life, and I thought it was fascinating, and uh, so I started it myself. And um, co-owning a restaurant gave me the uh, ingredients, per se, to uh, experiment a lot. <laughs> How is it working so I- for you, Karen? Oh, it's been fabulous for me. Uh, personally, I've lost a considerable amount of weight, but the health benefits have been no more restless leg, uh, no more heartburn. That was a big one. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So when, I mean, running a restaurant is difficult enough as it is. Things have changed dramatically over the years with regard to allergic, uh, allergic reactions and allergic concerns and allergies that customers have, uh, the different uh, types of oils that you might use. Like there've been extensive changes already in this industry in terms of uh, looking after your customers, not just serving them good food, so when you add this into the mix, is it adding to your labor cost? Is it is it adding things, or or is it something that's also been a good business decision? I think it's been a great business decision. Um, I certainly, had, has it is meeting the needs of a, a, a new demographic, a new uh, customer base that we weren't addressing before. Um, my staff have been rock stars in terms of learning two completely separate menus and learning how to cook two completely separate menus. So you're right. If we use um, uh, high-grade canola oil for, you know, cooking our French fries in or something like that, in order for me to make something that's keto, I'm using olive oils or avocado oils and, and um, non-processed foods. Is one one last question before we let you go, Karen? Is sure. the chicken keto friendly? <laughs> My partner's going to kill me when I say this. I have actually experimented with that. I haven't found one that would you know that you'd walk off the end of the earth for yet. So <laughs> our regular chicken chef chicken, our regular chicken chef chicken is fantastic, but not keto. Um, although I'm always always on the hunt. Karen, just an FYI, just before we go, um, we are actually doing a meet and greet of a bunch of keto people tonight who are a fantastic community of people who support and and inspire one another. So if you're interested, do pop down. What time is that, Karen? Uh, I think we're shooting for six. All right. That's on the uh, Nairn Avenue at the Chicken Chef there. I like that the that the threshold for good chicken is walk off the end of the earth. Good. That's a pretty yes. high standard. I like it. <laughs> All righty. Karen Pierce, co-owner of the Nairn Avenue Chicken Chef, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, Karen. return to the conversation on unruly passengers we had those two uk passengers well 
I'll just let you set this up because you you picked this song, Greg. Well, yes, it's uh, my favorite band. Talking about one of my favorite places in the world, Cabo San Lucas. Jeff Braun's been telling us all morning about the British Nationals who, based on their own disruptive behavior, have traded a week of sun-filled days and cobble-wobble-filled nights in Cabo San Lucas for a month in a Winnipeg jail cell. Apparently disrupting other people's vacations is a thing right now. A Toronto to Jamaica WestJet flight had to return to the airport in Toronto yesterday because one passenger thought coronavirus would be the perfect punchline in his desire to create a viral video. It would have been a very distressing and frustrating day for more than 240 passengers on board this WestJet flight that was headed to Montego Bay from Toronto. Now, the airline confirms that WestJet flight 2702 was forced to return back to Toronto due to an unruly passenger who claimed that he had the coronavirus. Now, police say a 29-year-old man from Thornhill was arrested around 2 p.m. yesterday after the flight was forced to divert back to Toronto. Peel police say the man announced to passengers he had been to China and had the coronavirus virus. And so WestJet followed its protocols for infectious diseases on board. The man who made the claim about coronavirus was given a mask and sequestered. And when the man got off the, got off the flight here in Toronto, he was checked out by paramedics who determined that he did not have the coronavirus and the man was charged with mischief. Now, police sources tell me the suspect may have been live streaming this incident from the plane and was also charged with a breach of recognizance, which means he was already known to police. The flight that was diverted with 243 passengers stranded here in Toronto was rescheduled to at 6.45 this morning. Those passengers, some who posted on social media, were frustrated and upset about what police now say was an unfounded claim. There we go. WestJet said Flight 2702 with 243 passengers on board was on its way to Sangster International Airport in Montego Bay Monday when the flight was disrupted by an unruly guest. I have another name or word that I'd like to use instead, but I won't. Uh, idiot comes to mind. The airline said the plane returned to Toronto where law enforcement and paramedics were waiting, as you heard in that report. Now, perhaps the only less intelligent thing to do than trying to go viral online with a joke about a deadly virus is talking to the um, to the media immediately afterwards. Um, so you're Jamie? Yes, right? I'm James Potok. From, from the flight? From the flight. I okay. go by Potok Philippe. I'm an artist. You're an artist? Yes, sir. And, okay, so can I just ask you generally what your interpretation of, of what happened? I fly to Jamaica five times a year. Uh, one time, a couple trips ago, I, I did a similar thing. I pulled my phone out. I made a viral video. I got up. I said, can I have your attention? Can I have your attention? Everyone stopped and looked. And I said, Lil Wayne's new album just dropped. Everybody go get it. No problem with that. Sat back down, landed. Everybody got off. No issues. Seemed to me like this was in poor taste in retrospect. What I did, I stood up. I said, can I have everybody's attention? I just came back from Hunan province. That was it. Why, why, did you, why would you say that? Well, I had my camera with me. I was looking to, to get a viral video. I was looking to get it up on all the social media platforms. I oh. figured it would invoke some type of reaction, not on the plane, more people seeing on social media going, wow, this kid's got some balls or this kid is crazy, whatever it is. So, so you were looking for some sort of uh, promotion or viral video? I was looking to to create a video, yes, that was that would go viral. Mm. Yeah. For what purpose, though, to go viral? I'm an artist. Any publicity for myself is good publicity. And what do you think now about what happened? What I did was wrong. I ruined the flights for 200 and some odd people. I ruined their flight. And is there any repercussions from this that you know of? They just showed up and knocked. Is that your dad? Yes. Well, you don't. Can I ask you what about repercussions or what do you think? They've charged me criminally. And uh, yeah, I have court to go to. Um, there's all types of positions, people that, uh, people that are happy, people that are upset. But mm. in the end, I've, I've ruined the people on the plane's trip. So I'm extremely apologetic. I'm not sure who the people he's referring to that are happy might be. I suspect no one. What a clown. What a clown <laughs> show. Seriously, man. Yeah. If you want to read his story and see Potok Philippe, 
I believe is how he described himself as an artiste. Go to our 680CJOB Instagram story. You'll find it linked there. And we'll ask our next guest, Hal Anderson, are you a saint or a sinner? I can be both. Yeah? I can be both. Eminem, how are you guys this morning? Good? Doing all right. How many days off does uh, McNabb get? Well, you know, she's been huh? with she's been with this corporation 20 years wow. now, and I think you get a week off for every year. Mm. So I guess it's 20 weeks of wow. vacation. It's pretty good, huh? That's a fantastic deal. <laughs> I need that uh, person cutting my deal for me. Um, sinner or saint? Um, by the way, great lineup of bands, too. Man, that's like that takes me back to my rock radio days. Oh. Oh, for sure. Um, I, I am mostly a saint, I think. But sure, we all have that ability to be a sinner. Can I tell you my uh, unruly behavior story? Please yes. do. Okay. Jeff Forche, just a second. Before, please make sure record is <laughs> record. on here. Yeah, record. Why, Thank do I, you, why do I have a feeling I'm going to be getting an email from HR later today? <laughs> uh, no. Um, listen, you know. We've all had those times when, and it was, I'm always a pretty happy guy, right? When, when I'm out there having a couple. But there is a story. And I believe Burton Cummings, Fred Turner, and other well-known musical people were in the room. This would have been probably in the late, mid to late 90s. The Royal George in Transcona. I was on stage with the Walsh Twins. I came off stage, and I believe, they tell me, I don't really recall. <laughs> they say I danced with a cigarette machine. <laughs> I literally slow danced with the cigarette machine. They said they've never seen anything like it. I was a pretty big, strong guy back in the day, right? Yeah. And so apparently I was uh, slow dancing with the cigarette machine. Were you, getting, I... it, were you getting it to wobble back yeah, and forth? Yeah, things apparently. <laughs> yes, God. I believe so. Anyhow. I um, hope uh, you minded your hands, yes, Mr. Anderson. Well, it was the cigarette machine. You have to be respectful. <laughs> be Come on. Uh, let me get to the prepared content here. I'm going to talk more about this on my show later on. It's one of these online Reddit threads or, you know, one of these uh, social media sites. Weird house rules. Did you guys have any weird house rules when you were kids? Oh, I used to hate it if I was lying. I used to lie on the floor to watch TV, and if I got a blanket, uh-huh. my dad would always say, get a sweater. Put, put more clothes on. Didn't like it when I laid on the floor with, with, a, a, with, a, blanket. with a blanket. Huh. A couple of others online here. I gotta think, I gotta give some thought to this, because we did have some weird ones. Um, no TV on Sundays was one that uh, somebody shared online. No lying on the couch. Apparently when uh, you laid down on the couch, dad would, so this guy's dad would say sit up or or go to bed no lying on the couch yeah yeah i think i remember hearing that once or twice over Um, the years if you're outside with open-toed shoes or sandals wash your feet when you come back in the house wash your feet yeah and then one more here uh the it's called the opposite grounding you were grounded but you couldn't go to your room you had to stay out of your room because when you go to your room, you can read. You can, hey, I'll sure ground me. I'll go to my room. Slack off. Right. They would ground this person, and then you couldn't go to your room. Oh, that's um, interesting. Anyhow. Okay. One of the best tricks, if uh, you're out there and you're in uh, hot water with your parents and they want you to do the chores, and say you're living at home a little bit later than you ought to, really quick, had a buddy. We'd uh, leave the bar and then the subsequent uh, party afterwards, and I'd drop him off at home maybe six 6.30 in the morning, yeah. and instead of going to bed and his dad waking him up to cut the lawn, he'd go right in the garage, fire up the lawnmower, and guess what would happen? His dad would get out of bed and say, what are you doing? Cut the lawn so early. Get back to bed. <laughs> it was a perfect plan. So I just want to plant the you seed You have there. to be manipulative You have like to that. be really yes. smart yes. to pull that off. Mm. A little bit of a sinner, a little bit of a saint. Uh, another one, your Valentine's Day is coming up. Apparently 25% of us want to celebrate Valentine's Day with our pet. More men than women. 28% say that. What, uh, what do you mean celebrate with your pet? 33% of people say they are considering calling in sick on February 14th so they can shower their pet with time and attention. <laughs> well, you saw that and thought that was kind of interesting. People I, love their pets. I, and I love my dog, but I'm not sure I would go to that. Uh, oh, this is good. You've heard, have you heard in San Antonio, the zoo down there is well known for this. They have that cry me a cockroach thing for $5. You name a cockroach after your ex and then they, they, <laughs> and then they feed the cockroach to, uh, 
to uh, various animals at the zoo. Five dollars. I yep. like that. They've got a new one this year at the San Antonio <laughs> at the San Antonio Zoo for twenty-five dollars. So a little more expensive. For twenty-five dollars, they will name a rat after your oh, ex no, and feed the rat to a snake. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> when we were at the San Diego Zoo this past summer, we happened to be around when they felt the uh, fed the California condors. Yeah. Chickens, like, Whoa. oh, see, oh I God. can't handle yeah, that. Yeah, and I was really turned off by it, but I couldn't stop watching. There was a story a couple of days, well, maybe a couple of weeks ago now, where they were talking about this boa constrictor, this guy had a boa constrictor, and he says, oh, I love my boa constrictor. It's laying next to me at night. It's sleeping with me. And the expert said, no, it's sizing you up, man. It's going to eat you. It's trying to figure out if he can swallow right. you oh, whole. Exactly. I can't understand those kinds of I pets. I'm sorry. I think that's a... An urban legend. Oh, really? Because I've heard that one okay. too. And in second person, all oh, my friends' wife Maybe. is that. I thought I saw a story like an actual, but who uh, knows anymore, right? Yeah. Stuff online, Fiction. you never know if Fiction. it's true. That's why you listen to CJOB. It's all real here. Um, have I got time for one more? Oh, yeah. Okay, one more. Robert Pattinson. Do you like him? He's yep. okay. Yep. He's actually a really good actor. He was in a movie a while ago that was excellent. I can't remember the name of it right now. But anyhow, he is... The hottest man in the world, according to math. There is, it's called the golden ratio of beauty phi. <laughs> okay. It's a, back to Greek mathematicians. He has a score of 92.15%. He is, according to the math world, the hottest man in the world. They've even compared it to Brad, him to Brad Pitt and David Beckham and others. He is the hottest man in the world. Now... I am somewhat familiar with these uh, uh, figures and how this works. I am happy to announce that I am the lumpiest man in the world. <laughs> so there you go. Math Come and on. science have proven it? Yes. It's official. Like I said, you can believe everything you hear here on CJOB. How? The fourth greatest Canadian yep. of all time, folks. <laughs> Al Anderson. Afternoons from 1 until 4 on 680 CJOB. Hal, thank you very much. Pleasure as always. Thank sir. you, boys. A number of our colleagues have tried or are currently on the keto diet. And one of them is Bubba, who's down the hall on the Samantha Stevens show at 90, Peggy at 99.1. And he's lost a ton of weight doing this. He's been working real hard over the last year. So Bubba, are you currently on the keto diet? I'm not on keto right now. I'm just, uh, I guess it's considered low carb, keeping it under uh, 50, 60 grams of carbs a day, where keto is under 20 grams. So, but you were on the keto. Diet. I was on keto. Yes. When did you start that? Uh, early last year, early 2019, and went until about June or July. Uh, saw good results. Lost about 50 pounds. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's a it's very restrictive. Like I said, under 20 grams of carbs. So you're not no bread, no rice, no sugar, um, high fat. So the key to keto is high fat. A little bit of protein, very, very low carbs. And your body goes into ketosis and starts burning fat uh, as opposed to carb energy, right? So the pounds come off pretty quick. But you also have to keep active like anything. Um, So I was also going to the gym three times a week. um, And it worked for me. And eventually I just said, I think that's a little bit too much fat. I don't know if this is sustainable. So just brought my carbs up to 50 or 60 grams. So it it was the lifestyle and the restriction restrictions that you had yeah. to adhere to that had you going, okay, I'm going to modify this somewhat. That's exactly it. The restrictions are tough, right? No bread. A lot of people are, I wake up in the morning, I have my toast or I have my cereal. That's all gone, right? Grains are out. So you really have to shift your diet and that's that's the biggest thing. Are you still losing weight? Yep. Not as fast. Uh, I'm about a pound, maybe two a week, which is fine. Um, before I was seeing anywhere from Three pounds, five pounds, depending on the week. So what about your energy level and your engagement level? To me, that sounds like there's a potential for that to shift, for that to change. You're right. The first week you go low carb, right? You're used to that sugar. So that first week you're a zombie. And then once you get over the hump, I found um, I was more energetic. I was sleeping better, uh, just a little bit more focused. 
Whereas now it's I'm it's not that I've come right back down, but I do notice that I'm, I'm a little bit more sluggish during the day. Uh, but I, it's a trade off, right? I don't know that eating all that fat for a, a long period of time is that great for your health. So the trade off is okay. You're eating a little bit l- less fat, and you're not losing as many pounds, and you're not getting the energy that you did when you were on keto. But it's a little bit more sustainable. Were you consulting with anyone along the way? So before I went on, and I I suggest this for every, before you do any diet, go see your doctor. So I did this well. And he said, yeah, it's, it's, go do it for a couple months. He said, then come off of it. And he says, in two or three months, you want to go back and do it again? By all means. He said, but that, that is a lot of fat. You have to consider your heart, your arteries, right? So I just, you bring it back down. Were you happy while you were on keto? Uh, the first month I wasn't happy because I'm a p- pizza lover. So there's not too many things you can replace uh, pizza crust with. And there's a lot of sugar in pizza sauce. But now there's places that have alternatives that are keto-ish. And well, we're actually going to be talking to Santa Lucia Pizza later on. One of the best in the city. I just had it about a week ago. Um, pizza Pizza also has, and you can buy cauliflower crust now right at your grocery store. So there are alternatives out there. But yeah... The first month before you find these alternatives, you're like, all I'm eating is eggs and meat. So are you <laughs> traditionally a fussy eater? Would you categorize yourself as that? Uh, good question. Maybe. I would say if out of 10, if 10 being really fussy, I was like a six. Um, but sometimes my, a story of mine is I went hard on eggs. Eggs is great on keto. After two weeks of a lot of eggs, I can't even look at them anymore. So, <laughs> balance, right? I thought I heard you clucking the other day. <laughs> Before we let you go, Baba, would you recommend keto for someone looking to make a, a serious change in their life? Well, yeah, well, talk to your doctor, absolutely. But, I, yeah, it was great. You know, if you want to lose some weight quick, um, it was fine. But it's just, I know people who've been on it for a year, I'm like, wow, you like, what? that's crazy. That's a long time. But they've lost a lot of weight, like 100 pounds. So... Depends on your lifestyle. If you feel you can go through that restricted diet for a long period of time and you can monitor that fat intake, go for it. Um, I, I really liked it. And if I needed to, I have a wedding coming up. If I need to shed 10 pounds quick, I might look at it again. That is Bubba from the Samantha Stevens Show at Peggy at 991 talking about his experience with the keto diet. And we are getting a lot of feedback at 204-780-6868 this morning on the keto diet. For example, this one listener saying, I started keto last June, was 354 pounds, am now 286 pounds. That's in eight months. That's very impressive. Uh, The question I always have as a follow-up, Uh, Like I had for Bubba, just how do you feel overall? It's one thing to lose the weight, but are you still engaged? Is it affecting your memory, your mind, your mood is a big deal when you start changing dramatically the way you eat because... Let's face it, Brett, you and I have had these discussions about the foods that make us happy. Uh, They're not typically foods that are good for us if you are living in that food world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know for myself with the, the, the my weight loss over the last year and a bit uh, in the ballpark of 60 to 65 pounds, I feel a lot better. Uh, you know, like just even sitting in the car, for example, sometimes because I drive a compact sedan. So I guess my tummy was like rolled up to the point where it was like it made it harder to breathe. Just simple things like that, you know, bending over to tie your shoe becomes mm-hmm. an easier thing. It's not about the number, you know, when we when we share these stories, we're, we don't, we, we hope that it doesn't come off like we're trying to shame people into losing weight. Like whatever your fitness goal is or your health goal, if it's not about losing the weight or the number on the scale, then don't worry about that. Like just do whatever you want to do to feel better. And if the keto diet is something that will help you feel better and be healthier, then hats off to you. Yes. And uh, obviously the advice to see your doctor before you change that. But I think the reason we've also spoken to Chicken Chef earlier this morning, and we're going to speak to Santa Lucia in just a little bit here. This is such a lifestyle change for so many people yeah. are engaged in this. It's actually changing the restaurant business. It's changing the food service business and grocery stores and bakeries and all these different staples of life are going There are thousands, if not millions of people engaged in this lifestyle, and we need to change in order to keep up to it. That tells you just how popular this has been. 
Question of the day at cjob.com brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca or call 204-987-6890. And the question is, over the last few years, the ketogenic diet has become a mainstream weight loss program. How do you feel about it? And the early results so far, 11% say, I want to try it. No votes yet for I've tried it, it works, or I've tried it, it didn't work. And 89% say no thanks. It's a little more weighted on Twitter. On Twitter, 17% say tried it, it works. 9% say tried it, didn't work. 26% say I want to try it. And 48% say no thanks. So we're going to continue our conversation now in the global news series, Canadian Health and Wellness. And we're talking about the keto diet today. And we we already spoke to one restaurant. We're going to talk to another one here. And this is about giving, making sure that you know that there are options. Because I think when, the fir- when we hear the word diet, for a lot of us, immediately the first thing is, what do I have to give up? And I think that is a reason why a lot of people probably, a lot of us probably don't bother trying or why we fail. Because we think, well, I can't eat the things I like, so what's the point? Hey, in sales, you talk about, uh, talk about it as your barri- barrier to entry is what you talk about and you discuss. You know where your pain is. In this case, maybe you're carrying a little bit of extra weight. You don't have the energy you like. But what's your barrier to getting involved in making a change? And you're right. I think for a lot of people, it feels like far too much sacrifice. That's not worth it. Yeah. And earlier, it just so happens we have some good friends at this radio station who have options for you. At 7.50, we spoke with Chicken Chef on Nairn Avenue. They've got a keto menu. And when it comes to my... My favorite food, I mean, I don't know about you, but I love pizza. Who doesn't? I also love cheese. So if you say, hey, want to try a pizza with a crust made of cheese? I say, yes, please. And then if you tell me it's keto friendly, I say, what? You can get this pizza at Santa Lucia Pizza. And Trish Birch is the Director of Marketing and Communications for Santa Lucia. Joining us now live on CJOB. Trish, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Very hungry, by the way. We've been having talking about food all morning, so I am starving. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and make that worse? <laughs> <laughs> make us salivate even more, Trish. By describing this keto pizza with a crust made of cheese. Well, basically, yeah, we've got a crust made of uh, mozzarella cheddar. It's also got a little bit of egg in it as well. And it just so happens to be keto friendly, which means it's low in carbs and high in fat for the keto diet. And it's also delicious. We always make sure that we work really hard to perfect all of these kind of new ideas to cater to everyone's different dietary needs. So what was the, what was the cause of this? What made you say, okay, we're going to try this? Was it something you were seeing elsewhere? Were you getting requests from your customers? I mean, you have the best pizza around as it is. This almost, dare I say, makes it better, potentially. Thank you. Well, the I think the best part with our keto story is that it happened so spontaneously. We had a woman in with uh, some specific dietary needs, and the chef actually came out to speak with her and learn about those needs. And he whipped up our first keto pizza on the fly. And next thing you know, it started blowing up on social media. People were calling. We weren't necessarily ready right away. But once we kind of got drift of what was happening, we started perfecting it even more, worked with a couple keto people in the community, and that, yeah, officially launched the keto pizza. It almost defies conventional thinking when it comes to healthy eating. You're like, how the heck is a pizza with a crust made of cheese friendly for any diet? Well, that I'm not sure. I just know that it's keto-friendly because of its low, low in carbs and high in fats, especially with our cheeses. It's also got protein, calcium, and fatty acids for, good for you as well. It is delicious, by the way. I, I went, a buddy of mine ordered one, and I said, can I please try that? And uh, I wanted to throw my pizza away, which was also delicious, and just eat his. So how have people responded to it? So far, people absolutely love it. We've gotten lots of uh, Facebook reviews on our Santa Lucia Pizza Facebook page. Um, yeah, we got lots of positive feedback on it, and people message us saying thank you so much for making this pizza. So that's always really great to hear. 
But Trish, I think a lot of this stuff is born out of not just a desire to maybe to sell more pizza or to uh, satisfy one or two people. It, it really, at the heart of it, it's all about good customer service and and yearning to make sure that that people have the options and to do the things that your customer wants. How, how big of a factor does that play for not necessarily even this decision, but overall the way you go about business? It's definitely something we focus on on a daily basis. So we're always seeking different ways to adjust our existing menu items as well as develop new items for different dietary needs as well as restrictions. We're currently working on a new vegan menu as well. So that's pretty exciting. A vegan menu? Yeah. Will there be, how would that work for pizza? We are working on it uh, pretty extensively right now. We're actually organizing a little focus group with uh, vegans within the community. So we're getting feedback from people that are, you know, directly involved instead of, you know, us just kind of guessing what would be great. Why not bring them in? So wow, I'm really excited for the no, development there. No kidding. Well, what a, what a, what a great idea. Now, have you got any span, uh, plans, pardon me, to expand the keto menu? Because you don't just have pizza. Yeah, so right now we're not in the development of uh, making any new menu items, but uh, like I had mentioned previously, we're always looking at different ways to adjust some of our existing menu items so that we can accommodate these needs. So, yeah, always thinking up just new ways to do that as well. And people can reach us on our Santa Lucia Pizza Facebook page. Uh, I'm answering questions daily about stuff like this, so it's a, a great way to kind of let us customize uh, your needs as well. All right, Trish Birch, Director of Marketing and Communications for Santa Lucia Pizza. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us this morning. We appreciate it very much. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. And again, uh, it is good. Like, I love Santa Lucia Pizza, uh, but this one is very good. And we're getting still continuing to get text messages at 204-780-6868 on the subject of dieting. And Dauphin Dave, for example, says, try a seven-day 2,000 milligrams max sodium per day diet. Lost 10 pounds in five days just from a lack of water retention. Food doesn't taste as good, but you would be surprised how much salt is in packaged foods. I needed to start a heart smart diet due to a bad ticker. I'm only 45 years old and not really overweight. The change feels great though. And I noticed that when... We stopped, I stopped eating potato chips so much. There, Once upon a time, we used to have access to free potato chips in this building, and I ate a ton of chips every day. And it wasn't just from the chips, but it was it's that salt. And when you take sure. that out, you do you notice it when you put it back in. Like when you go for a while without eating the, the, the heavily salted foods, when you actually do eat something salty, you feel it. I can feel it in my face. I can feel it just sort of in my skin. Um, and uh, depending on what you eat, like if I have a, a the odd once in a while, I'll just get a Campbell's can of mushroom soup and I feel like I've inhaled a bag of salt. Hey, and let's be honest, uh, some of those foods taste really good with sugary beverages, whether it's a soda or with a beer. And so some of those foods, let's face it, are engineered to have the bad food with the bad beverage because one feeds the other in a matter of speaking. The more salty pretzels you get, eat the thirstier you get the more beer you drink there is a method to the madness oh, and so it's it's a it's a downward spiral if you allow yourself to get on it it's not hard to do lots of us do it more often than we should and this listener texting saying the bottom line and that's the bottom line <laughs> the, because the bottom line is our bodies are designed to burn fat not carbohydrates but the establishment has brainwashed the population into thinking this just like cows are not designed to eat corn they're supposed to eat grass if you and uh, this listener referencing what uh, Karen Pierce from Chicken Chef was talking about she watched that documentary the magic pill right on keto and uh, this listener says you will be enlightened another listener weighing in saying a vegan pizza has a cauliflower c- crust and all veggies on it but that reminds me I I've, I've had a variation on uh, vegan pizza I dated a vegetarian who made uh, delicious vegan pizza I don't think the crust was made of cauliflower I can't remember what it was but it was some sort of base that was 
clearly vegan. And uh, I when I she first said, "Do you want to try this?" I'm like, "Oh, pfft. vegan pizza! Get out of here!" But Did then you I, like it? I loved it. She didn't have access to a wood sh- shop by any chance. She didn't work at Home Depot. It wasn't. <laughs> Sawdust by uh, no, any chance? No, it was no, great. it was good. Yeah, it was great. And the cauliflower thing. Uh, this feels like it's sort of new in the last couple of years. Uh, I see the buffalo cauliflower bites everywhere on the appetizer menu as a substitute for chicken wings. Uh, I know at our house, uh, Brussels sprouts and the Brussels sprouts. <laughs> that's right. Cauliflower and. Um, uh, 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 well, I dang, I can't remember the third <laughs> vegetable, but they're really good roasted with asparagus? spices. It's asparagus in the oven, and they get a little bit crispy, and you can put hot sauce on them, and they're really, really tasty. Let us know at 204-780-6868. Continue to weigh in. You're welcome. Uh, Once you said roasted, I thought asparagus, because that is good roasted. Any feedback you've got on dieting, 204-780-6868. And again, cast your vote at cjob.com on our question of the day. Over the last few years, the ketogenic diet has become a mainstream weight loss program. How do you feel about it? And so far, I'm just getting the updated results at cjob.com. 81% say no thanks, 10%. Say I want to try it. 5% say I've tried it. It works. And 3% say I've tried it. Didn't work. You can also cast your vote on Twitter at 680CJOB. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.